Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chet. 133 in Edmonton. We have a little bit of breaking news for you involving the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club. Uh, and our timing couldn't be any better since our next guest is Michael Rupp. He is our Oilers Now headliner for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Uh, Mike's on to talk uh, a bit about the Netflix documentary uh, about the Danbury Trashers, Crime and uh, Penalties Untold. Uh, that is the name of the uh, doc. But the Oilers have just announced that they're, they're going to uh, bring in Colton Cheever to a professional on a PTO. He spent last season with the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's the team that uh, Michael Rupp uh, covers on top of his work with the NHL Network. And uh, I'm going to date myself here, but uh, Colton's uncle, uh, Todd Cheever, I actually broadcast his games uh, when I was first starting my broadcasting career way back in 1989-90 when he was playing for Willie Desjardins and the uh, Calgary Dinos. So, uh, yeah, it's it's been a while. All right, without further ado, we bring uh, back to the show from the NHL Network, Pittsburgh Penguins broadcast as well, Michael Rupp. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Bob. Thanks for uh, having me on, and uh, looking forward to talking hockey with you. All right. Well, let's uh, we'll get to the doc in a second because it's uh, for me it was fascinating and hilarious, which is I think you know entertaining. Just uh, tell me about. Uh, she- By the way, was when when Todd Sheever played for the U of C, it was pronounced Sheever. What what pronunciation did you guys go with Colton last year? Was it Skeever, Skeever? What'd you guys end up calling the guy? I I've, I said Sevier, uh, Colton Sevier. Okay. I don't, I don't I don't know what the actual pronunciation is, but um, yeah. I mean, I guess you you want that name. You want to be the savior, right? If you <laughs> maybe go that route with it, but uh, you know, I like this ad. I like this. It's a it's a depth ad. I think this is a player that uh, the, the Penguins team was really banged up last year, yeah. and uh, I, I don't think Mike Sullivan got enough attention for. Um, to be in the a little higher, and I, I think in the um, coach of the year uh, polls because of the job he did. Because these depth players had to get put in positions, and we saw Freddie Gaudreau do really well in that position. Colton Sevier was another one um, that I thought stepped his game up and showed that he could be a, a pro's pro. And uh, I think those are big things to game have game managers and the ability to um, do what's right for the team at any given moment of the game, and 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 that's what he brings. So I think it's a good ad for the Oilers. All right, uh, did he play exclusively on the wing? Did he get any time at center? Because he, you know, he was when he when he came up through junior, he was both a center and a, and a winger. Uh, I recall him mostly being on the wing. What was the split there? 
Yeah, I mean, so they had they had the uh, the issues last year again with the injuries where guys were moving around, and he was one that was used uh, briefly at, at center, but would kind of most of the time be on the wing. But there was always that um, knowledge of that. Okay, well, we've got him, and we can put him in that uh, center ice position if need be. So um, I think that that's something that they've he's he's given roster flexibility last year. I think he'll continue that. Well, and uh, I'm just going to pull up his... Uh, well, it's an interesting situation. You know what we're going to do? We're going to circle back to it. Because what I want to talk about, why we originally booked you, uh, you've been involved, and I know you've done lots of media availabilities on this. N- NHL Network analyst Mike Rupp joining us here in Oilers. Now, a guy, by the way, the Oilers tried to sign. We've discussed that before. Uh, so you're involved, uh, your involvement with uh, the Danbury uh, Trashers, the Untold, uh, it's on Netflix, Crime and Penalties, uh, the Galante ownership of the team, Jimmy Galante, an uh, organized crime uh, figure uh, that was involved in refuse collection, was, which was like every joke about guys in organized crime back in the 70s and 80s when late night hosts. Uh, the docs out, just give us a bit of an education. What was uh, your experience like being part of that team during the 0405 lockout? Oh man, it was it was. Uh, they they did a great job. Netflix did of capturing uh, a lot of the stuff, and I can tell you this much. And I know from speaking to the 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 producers of the documentary with Netflix, they they had to cut out a lot, and they, they cut out probably thirty forty minutes worth of stuff that they really wanted in there. Uh, so there's even more stories beyond that. But it's an amazing uh, documentary, and it just basically what ends up happening is. Um, uh, without giving too much away, you got a you got a kid who uh, was playing hockey in his his high school years. He fell in love with the game. He had a, an injury that put him out of playing hockey anymore, and just happens his dad was uh, uh, <laughs> the biggest the biggest trash collector in uh, on the East Coast, basically. And uh, he bought his son, a 17 year old kid, uh, a hockey team. And this was in the United Hockey League. And he said, "You're going to be the GM, and you're going to be the president." And um, you know, they bought this team and. They uh, the documentary gets into it. There's been there was some, I guess, mob ties uh, that were involved as far as this uh, this trash trash industry, and um, that's they wanted their hockey team to play the same way, <laughs> to be uh, feared. And uh, so, long story short, it, it happened during the the lockout of of 2004 or five season, or whatever that was, for the NHL, and there was a trickle down effect, and uh, this 17 year old kid went out and started recruiting players to play on this team and some of the players for the fans that love fighting and the history of fighting in the game there's some real uh, underground legends that filtered through there and uh, played for these guys and it really did become like the broad street bullies back in the day and uh, or at least the stories i heard of it back in the 70s so um i think it's something that was uh, fantastically put together and uh, get you a- i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Laughing, the craziness is uh, through the roof, and uh, yeah, it's something that uh, it almost shocks you that actually really happened. All right, you're you're being polite. Uh, when they reached out to you and discussed coming on board and joining their team, cash is king, right? <laughs> uh, okay, so you know they, they, that's part of it too. So they, the things that um, what ends up happening is. Uh, you know the the owner gets uh, in trouble with stuff off the ice, and um, you know as far as the way the approach has been on the ice, they weren't uh, exactly following the rules of the United Hockey League as far as uh, the the salary cap for players. So, anyways, what I end up finding up, I don't know any of this stuff's going on. I get a call from Chris and Peter Ferraro, if you remember the Twins, sure. Ferraro Twins. Um, I played with uh, I played with Chris in in Albany in the American League, and Peter actually reaches out to me and he goes. Uh, you know, I know that the season was canceled in the NHL, and uh, there's a guy in Danbury. He wants to win this, uh, win a championship in his league. He's a new owner, and uh, he, he wants to try to get some NHL players. So um, I say, okay. You know, I talked to him, and uh, at the time, my agent was Scott Norton, and <laughs> Scott, uh, I talked to, to Jimmy Galante, the, the, the dad, the owner, and he says. Uh, all right, so uh, you know how are we gonna? You want to figure out the rest of the details? I said, well, I have an agent, so you can talk to him. I'm excited to come in there and get moving and play some hockey this year. My agent calls me after the conversation with Jimmy Galante and says, "Where'd you find this guy?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, I mean, I didn't find him. I guess they I, they got an opportunity to play, so I, I I reached out and or he reached out to me, and he goes, I, I I he I think he wants to pay you cash, and I go, what do you mean? He wants to pay me cash. And he goes, like, like I like I literally think he wants to give you a bag of cash. <laughs> and, of course, I'm like, wait, what? So that was kind of the first uh, thing that went off. And, uh, I, you know, when I got there and you started playing and you start hearing these stories, you start realizing really, like, oh, my gosh, this is like a movie. This is, this is Slapshot meeting the Sopranos. It really is. So you guys knew, the players knew, that uh, Galante was uh... – Shall I, and was it the Genovese uh, crime family that he was connected to? I believe that's who yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, we didn't. I, I think as players, so the, the one thing that was, um, I was there for, uh, I only had to play 10 games of the regular season to get on the playoff roster. Right. And, and once the um, once the NHL season was canceled, I mean, there wasn't much of a season left. It's probably 25 games. I had to make 10 of them. So what ended up happening, I'd, I'd live in Erie, Pennsylvania, I'd skate with the Erie Otters of the OHL, and I'd skate with them. And I would just fly in every other weekend and play some games. So I don't really know exactly what's going on. But when I went in and we went out and we'd have a beer um, with some of the, we'd have a beer with the boys and guys would just be exchanging stories. I'm like, there's no way this is going on. So once the playoffs started, I would stay in there every day in the playoffs, right? And yep. uh, so I was there for a few weeks. And I get there, I'm like, 
oh my gosh, like this stuff's actually going on. And, and man, there's there's stuff from recruiting with John Nasty Morasty was yes. recruiting, I don't know if this name rings a bell to you, but Chad Wagner, a Western boy. I heard the recruitment late on the, late on the bus and asking this guy to come out of retirement from four or five years to play in one game and run around against Barry Melrose's Adirondack team. And I'm like, what's going on? I'm not there that weekend. A brawl happens and you've got uh, this this Chad Wagner who gets tossed, he comes back on the ice and goes in the bench and grabs Mark Podvin of uh, the Adirondack, the coach, and and starts trying to fight him. He gets banned for life, and these are normal normal days as a Danbury Trasher, and it was it was absolutely incredible. Yeah, uh, Chad Wagner played with in the Alberta Junior League with Lloyd. He was a big six foot five tough guy. We've already talked about Nasty. Mor- I had Nasty Morasty on my old show, Mike. During that 0405 lockout season, uh, partially because of the fights, really? yeah, partially because of the fights in the Quebec uh, Senior League with Steve Bossy, I was told—I don't mean to be mean here—but uh, I was told by Western Hockey League players that played with and against Nasty Morassi that how do I politely say this? Uh, he might have been the most limited player <laughs> they'd ever seen. In, in, like, like they're like stop this guy couldn't play a lick but he was tough and after right go ahead yeah after the u-haul scott housen who's on the show tomorrow by the way the commissioner of the american hockey league scott signed him for three years had him playing for uh, columbus's american hockey league affiliate for a number of years but he, he was a tough guy wasn't he nasty morasty the, let, let that just sink into the listeners that he, he, he was the one of the most limited players as far as skill, but he made it and he was he was property of the Columbus Blue Jackets. He's in Syracuse and that just shows you how tough you know like if you're not you can't be you can't be kind of tough. And, and have that limited skill, you got to be really tough. And he was. Uh, I've never seen a guy take a punch. I mean, I, I would honestly say, and this is tough, and I hate doing this because I, I always feel like people take it as a disrespect to different people, but from what I saw from that guy, I, I just don't think there's any doubt in my mind that he could – Hang in there with some of these tough guys back in the day. I think it's totally. This guy had his head like Ty Domi. Like he, I think he would be him and Ty Domi would be a great fight, and they're both their heyday. The difference is, you know, Ty could play. That's why he was in the NHL. And uh, but uh, Nasty Morassi, wow, what a name and what a character. He's tough as nails. Yeah, he fought Steve McIntyre in the American. Like Steve freaking McIntyre, six foot six, two hundred and forty-five, and he was the guy starting the fight. Like you know, Mac finally yeah. eventually got engaged. Hey, we got an. There's an Edmonton connection. A real good lower minor pro, Mike Bayrak, was on that team. He was one of the scoring leaders. Do you recall him? Yeah, uh, he was a goal scorer, sniper. He was great. Um, we, and that's part of it, too, that, that kind of gets lost in the shuffle here, is that this, this team, there's so many stories and the, the craziness and the unlawfulness of, of, of the way the team was on the ice and how tough. And go look at that roster. And Frank, the animal by Lois, was on the team. I mean, there's just a Stephen Stephen Pete on was on roster. the team. Stephen Pete yeah. at one time. Yeah, Stephen Pete, Garrett Burnett. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of, lot of heavy. They, they, they were, they came to me. Jimmy Galante came to me during um, the, the season when I was called up there, and he goes, "Michael, what do you think of Donald Brashear? I go, "What do you mean? What do I think of him?" 
it's Donald Brashear. And he goes, why do you think he'd fit in here? I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, he'd be great. He's an NHL player. He's tough as nails, toughest guy in the NHL right now. And he's like, he's like, all right, I'm trying to figure a few things out. I'm like, Jimmy, I'm like, in all due respect, like, I don't know if we need to get tougher. <laughs> like, bring him in. But, you know, like, it'd be fun to have him in here. But, like, I don't know. I mean, don't sweat it too much. I think we're good in that department. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, – there, there was names uh, that were uh, – some of the names on that roster that, that – but some of it gets lost in the shuffle. Is like, you know, with even Brent Gretzky, you're talking about a heck of a player. Like, we had some really good goal scorers. We had some point getters. This wasn't a fluke that this team went on a roll. It was built, and that's part of the mystique of the story, is this 17-year-old kid didn't just build a WWE-type roster. He put an actually good roster together, skill-wise, too, and uh, the team came really close to winning a championship. Well, they, won, they had back-to-back years under the Galante ownership where they, run, they won about 45 games a year in the uh, U-Haul, in the uh, UHL. We're joined by... Longtime NHL player Michael Rupp won a Stanley Cup with New Jersey. Scored a, uh, did you score the game clinching goal in the 2003 final? Yeah, yeah, yeah I was. Uh, yeah, our line was on fire that night. I got a lot of. I got to give all the credit to Jeff Friesen and uh, Jamie Langberger. They were big. Yeah, there you go. And turned down a contract offer from the Edmonton Oilers that I've never bugged you about uh, over the last decade plus in the early 2010s. <laughs> so, so here's here's part of the, the the narrative that I think you gather when you watch the documentary. Uh, Again, it's on Netflix right now. It's untold. Crime and penalties, the story of the Danbury Trashers. The reality is the Galantes, in spite of the fact that there was direct connection with Jimmy Galante and organized crime, they were kind of beloved in Connecticut, weren't they? Like, And I don't know if it's the anti-hero thing, Mike, but the bottom line is these guys were really popular guys. I, I think that that's that's part of it too. When you watch this, and to be honest, I, I you know obviously um, not to tip away too much, but Jimmy was unreachable for a while, I guess you could say, and uh, he um, he I've reconnected with him after this, and I'll, I'll tell you one thing: is what I think they really captured in this documentary is that I think you're supposed to. You know, it's always great when you watch those movies and you see those things where it's like. I'm supposed to not like that guy, right? Like, yeah, I'm not. He's supposed to stand for things that I'm against. But there's something endearing about him. It's almost like the. It's. It's almost like it's like a. He's like a, a vigilante in some weird way, where it's like you're sitting there and you're like, you know what? And Jimmy Galante was building wings of the hospital in, in Danbury, Connecticut, and children's uh, children's wing. He was he had uh, uh, gymnasiums and hockey rinks named after him. I mean, what he did in that community, they loved him. And me playing for him, that guy treated me and everybody like absolute gold. I got nothing but good things to say about him. So it's just funny when you're watching that because I think that. People People I've talked to that didn't know the situation like, wow, I, like, I could see why everybody loved that guy. And, and, and then it's almost like, wait, hold on a second. He did a lot of bad things, like, but you don't get that. You just you see the side that he brought together, and this team was close-knit. And it was uh, the first time uh, in a long time that we saw a team like that. It might be the last time. Uh, it's ironic because we're getting people texting us, and uh, they're saying, Bob, you need to get somebody on the show to talk about the Horse Lake Thunder during that 405 uh, uh NHL uh, lockdown, Theo and uh, Gino Ojek got uh, looked after uh, when they went after the Senior Men's Cup. And I went uh, into Lloydminster that year 
Jason Greger and myself both ended up going. We were at the same. I was doing the drive at that time, and we we did our shows out of there. <laughs> it was a big story, and uh, not surprisingly, there. I, I'm sure there was a little bit of money moving there as well. Uh, Michael Rupp joining us right now. Mike, we'd be remiss uh, in your work on the NHL Network. Just a quick rep here on uh, Sidney Crosby of Jenny Malkin. Maybe a little bit of a challenge for the Penguins out of the gate this year. Yeah, they 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 always seem to handle that well. For some reason, um, they've been dealing with injuries like a lot of teams, but they've been really hard pressed with that over the last number of years, and they've always seemed to survive. I, I I'm a little more nervous this time. I think it's usually you know they're not without both those guys, right? And uh, they're going to be for a little bit here, depending on how Sidney Crosby, how fast he can get back. Uh, and I just think in that division, if you if you come out the if you come out and you win one of your first five, I mean that that, that could be your season. Like mean, we've seen that. I mean, it, it could be you're playing catch up hockey the rest of the year. And plus, I think that the team, in my opinion, kind of took a step backwards on paper, which doesn't mean anything. But right now, that's all we got to go off of. I think they took a step backwards this off season. And so I'm really interested to see how some of these ads here that Ron Hextall's made. Um, how it's going to help. Uh, you know, they have belief in that, in those players there, and, and, and I can't wait to, to see it because um, right now it's that division's uh, really wide open, and I, I don't know if you can say the Penguins have the current streak of playoff appearances in the NHL by far. I want to say it's like 16, 17 um, straight seasons. I don't know. That might be challenged this year. The uh, Chiseler out of Las Vegas is texting me, Bob, Michael Rupp is a beauty. And Cactus Jack is texting the show to say, you have to have Michael Rupp on again. Again, the uh, documentary on the Danbury Crashers, Untold Crime and Penalties, available on Netflix. Uh, a legend, and boy, they built you up when they introduced you as a star of the NHL. Hey, hey, Bob, last thing I'll leave you with. I'm watching that thing, and I watched it just like everybody else. The day it came out, like I didn't get a preview of it or anything. And they're doing this buildup of, we need a goal scorer. Get me a blank and goal scorer was the thing. And I'm like, oh, man, I wonder who they're trying to get. I'm thinking in my head, and then I see my name come across. And like, that's the first time people have referred me as being the goal scorer. <laughs> and my phone started blowing up from whether it's teammates of, of the past or current guys playing, or just dying laughing, being like, wait a second, you're the first person that came to their mind uh, hey, you scored. F- out all right. You played 609 games in the NHL and scored 50 more goals, uh, 54 more goals than I did. So I tip my hat to you. Uh, great having you on the show again. I hope we get a chance to see each other uh, if we're back traveling again and if we're traveling in the U.S. But uh, we'll be reaching out again, Michael. Thanks for your time. Absolutely, Bob. Anytime. All right. That is Michael Rupp from the NHL Network. He is our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stop for recommendation. Mediterranean Chicken, Brendan Escott recommendation is the text. Uh, this day in order's history for New West Travel, Dennis and Jason Laliberti, permitting uh, travel-wise, we're going to be doing uh, 
potentially two trips this year of New West travel. On this date back in 1968, good guy. What do you got for us, Brendan Escott? Yeah, former Oilers draft pick, current TV color analyst for the Minnesota Wild, Mike Greenlay, born down in Calgary. He was selected 189th overall in 1986. He played in just two NHL games with the team in 89-90. He was, uh, of course, stuck behind two rather prolific Oilers netminders yeah. during that time. Yeah, Grant Fuhr and Bill Ranford. A little bit tough to beat those guys out. He was a goaltender in the 89 Memorial Cup for the Saskatoon Blades. Former Saskatoon Blade Cam Moon will join us on tomorrow's show. I mentioned already the present CEO of the American Hockey League, uh, former Columbus GM, uh, former Edmonton Oilers assistant GM Scott Housen, and uh, uh, another beauty will join us on the show tomorrow. Uh, Washington Co- Capitals color analyst Alan May. Reed Wilkins has Inside Sports Night. What's he got shaking? Uh, you're going to hear more from opening day of Oilers rookie camp. Also from Grant Fedorik from Leading Edge Physiotherapy talking uh, about Dylan Holloway's injury. Jack Michaels will join the show and so will a host of the NHL on Sportsnet, Jeff Merrick. Okay, and special thanks to Reed uh, today. Uh, it was good seeing him down at Rogers Place uh, back in sort of the Hall of Fame room, but he did a great job helping us get a lot of the audio that we uh, used earlier in the show. Again, the central themes today. Colt Sheever coming in on a PTO. Uh, has played uh, 500 games in the National Hockey League. He's a right shot, can play both wing positions, a little bit at center as well. And Dylan Holloway getting wrist surgery yesterday, out minimum three months. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge today from 2 to 3, 3 to 6 Monday through Friday. It's Jalen Nye with 6.30 Chad afternoon. So long, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.